Good, good day. So at the time of this recording, eh, it's in the morning, right? And uh, very, very early in the morning. <laughs> and somebody is here. <laughs> uh, Alright, um, so we are rounding our podcast series today uh, or tonight, depending on the time you are listening to this. We're talking about how to build faith in these times, how God told me to teach about building faith in these times, and I, I, I believe that you have been blessed. Uh, first thing we talked about was keeping the faith, right? We talked about keeping the faith, and um, it's quite emotional that we're bringing this thing to an end, <laughs> right? But um, we have to move on. I trust that all of you who listened to this were really, really blessed. If you have not listened to any of them, please go back and check. So the first thing we talked about was keeping the faith. Uh, The second thing we talked about was walking in the spirit. The third thing we talked about was walking in God's love. The fourth thing we talked about was receiving God's help. The fifth thing we talked about was also helping others. The sixth thing we talked about was the fear of the Lord. And tonight, or this morning, because it's like around midnight, we're going to be talking about God's grace. Particularly, we're going to be talking about working with God's grace. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you all the grace. (laughs) Sorry. We give you all the honor. We give you all the adoration. We thank you for everything you've done for us. We ask, O Lord, that you inspire us and that you establish our hearts in your word by the power of your spirit. Lord, open our eyes to see, remind us the things we've forgotten, and let your word be like oil to our face, causing our light to shine. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we also ask that in this last episode, let it crown everything that has been taught so far. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. So we're looking at the book of Jude. The book of Jude was what we're considering as our anchor text. So t- tonight, I'm going to read everything. It's just Jude chapter 1, verse 20 to 25. It says, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Let me quickly say this, in case you've not been listening to our podcast. You know, usually in church, when we, we're Christocentrics, you know, uh, when we talk about, you know, building up yourself on your most holy faith, what's the next thing that comes to mind? Praying in the Holy Ghost. But that scripture, praying in the Holy Ghost, ends with a comma, especially if you're reading it in the, in the King James Version, in the authorized King James Version. It ends with a comma, not a full stop, which means that there is more, right, to building your faith than just praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost is praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit is praying with God, right? What happens when we pray is that we pray with God, through God, and to God. Hallelujah right and so that's what it really means to pray in the holy ghost that's what it really means to pray in the spirit right jesus said to the samaritan samaritan woman he said um god is a spirit and they that must worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth so apostle uh, jude um brother jude he was the brother of james right um 
he says but ye beloved because before he talked about this he was talking about you know how people you know he was talking about apostasy how people left and abandoned the faith and he talked about the angels also who abandoned their estates and so and so on and so on and then he was like okay you know you guys are not like that but i also need to remind you this so this this series is, is a reminder of you know what we have as an advantage right for our work on the earth amen so verse 20 says but ye beloved building up yourself on your most holy faith praying in the holy ghost then he went on to say keep yourselves in the love of god looking for the mercy of our lord jesus christ unto eternal life and on some have compassion which is helping others right and others save with fear pulling them out of the fire we talked about the fear of god right hating even the garments spotted by flesh verse 24 he now went on to say now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise god our savior be glory and majesty dominion and power both now and forever amen praise the lord um this evening i want to talk about working with god's grace what do i do when i fall what do i do when i backslide it's a very big topic because sometimes some people say on one extreme that you don't need to ask god for mercy you don't need to tell god you're sorry on the other hand people another sector of people come and beg and say no you must beg god and you must cry you must in fact some go as far as you must inflict pain on yourself to show that you are sorry but the, the the balance of the of 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 this is actually merging the two together in the middle right it's actually not merging the two together it's actually being in the middle at the center which is actually a bit difficult according to what kenneth hagin said and so that's why we must make sure we always listen out for god when we when we read the word or when we are being taught the word hallelujah praise god amen so what happens when you sin can a christian sin the answer is yes but a christian is not a sinner so which means that when you come to church you don't say things like we are sinners saved by grace no you are not a sinner were you saved by grace yes you were a sinner not present tense or present continuous right because if you are saying you are a sinner saved by grace right what you are telling god is that you are lukewarm god said in the book of revelation if you are neither hot nor cold but you're looking i will spill you out of my mouth so what you're telling god in inadvertently is that you're sitting on the fence that you're not sure in fact what you're telling god is that you're an agnostic you believe there is god you believe you know there is some god but you just do not you know believe in our god because if you really believe in our god you realize that if you have confessed the sinner's prayer you realize that you are no longer a sinner because we were saved by grace through faith that we were not sinners but we were saved so you are not a sinner saved by grace you were a sinner saved by grace hallelujah say after me i am saved by grace hallelujah praise god so what does it mean to sin to sin just simply means to disobey god there are times that the lord leads us to do something um to maybe wash clothes or wash plates our own clothes though. and we say i oh, know i wash it in two hours that that is some form of sin that's some form of disobedience right and the reason god told you to do that perhaps maybe you have to for those who are of you listening and you're in nigeria 
for those in uh, in the diaspora because i know some of you who listen to the podcast are not nigerians or not in nigeria usually when we wash our clothes or do our laundry we usually spread it outside to sun dry it so and sometimes it could be raining because we live in the tropics which then means that if god is whispering in your heart to wash your clothes or do your laundry it could be that it's going to rain for the next seven days right so once you go to, to god and tell him lord i'm sorry for disobeying you please um god is not mad at you by the way god is just seriously interested in guiding us he's just seriously interested in being there for us and every time we shun his advice or his instruction we are making him quieter and quieter in our lives and suddenly it looks like we cannot hear him anymore we have successfully taken god from the driver's seat to the back seat that is what happens when we sin sin makes us numb the bible compares a sinful man with a leprous man a leprous man is somebody who cannot feel anything so sometimes people ask oh, why is it i can't hear well the answer could be sin and it's not the sin that you're thinking about sorry okay sorry for those who don't understand what i just said it was yoruba i was trying to say maybe i just slept with somebody or i i took weed or i did something crazy no sometimes when you just tell somebody that you don't acknowledge their instructions simply because you are too tired or you want to get something done right you're just telling the person to shush or to hush or to keep quiet and the bible says do not grieve the holy spirit so to grieve the holy spirit is just to shun him or to hush him <laughs> hush puppy anyways hallelujah right so um it is possible for a believer to sin just like it is possible for a son or a daughter to disobey their father it is possible for a believer to sin i know many people say it's not possible for a believer to sin. a believer is not a sinner but a believer can sin hallelujah one of it is a noun the other is a verb what happened is god took us out of egypt but he also needs to take egypt out of us so when you give your life to christ he took you away from sin but there is still a mindset you have that needs to be renewed. The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 12 verse 1, So that I beseech you therefore by the mercies of the Lord that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto God. Verse 2 goes on to say, And be not conformed to this world. Do not hold on to your, that is, do not hold on to the, your pre-existing way of thinking, the way you were thinking before you were saved. Because when you get saved, that you have to stop doing all the things you were doing now but here's the good news you don't have to stop doing what you were doing by you know agidi like you know i must stop i must stop i must stop Mm-mm. you do it by the grace of god and i'm going to talk teach you how to work with the grace of god here and so he says be not conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind and what he was trying to say is that the grace of god works the grace of god comes to transform you but you also need to play your part by renewing your mind, which means you need to spend time fellowshipping with God even more. Because the more you see Him, the more you act like Him. We are already in His image, but we are not necessarily in His likeness because of sin. So every time we yield to Him and obey Him, what happens is we begin to look more and more and act more and more like Him. And that's why in the book of Acts, the people called them Christians in Antioch because they were acting like Christ. They were setting people free. They were living a, a, a pious kind of lifestyle. And I said, oh, these guys must be Christians. They must have been with Christ. Hallelujah. So it's not by all... Because see, let, let, let's be very, very factual. Many Christians are hypocrites. What we do is different from what we teach. 
we come and we condemn condemn fornication but many of us in the back in the corner in the dark are doing it right and it's because we do not understand the concept of grace because many people think that ah don't let me go ahead of myself many people think that grace is a license to sin no it is not it is an insurance policy for you should in case you fall short of god's glory it will be there to help you that is what grace is grace is like a driver's license that does not mean you should go and commit accident and kill somebody no it is trust that you can drive a car it is trust that you can commit from one point to another safely that is what grace is it is an investment of god's trust in you and how you respond to grace is by faith is by believing that you are both sin it is by believing that sin is beneath you it's by believing that you are forsaking your old ways it is by believing that god is in you working in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure listen the bible says in the book of colossians let's turn our bibles to the book of colossians please sorry i know i've been kind of like quoting scriptures by heart but let, let me just you know for the sake of Ephesians, Ephesians, Colossians, Thessalonians, Thessalonians. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right. Colossians. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, sorry, it's not Colossians. It's Philippians. <laughs> yes, Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 and 13. You know, many times in church, there's another sect in church. It's, ah, you must work out your foundation, your salvation with fear and trembling. Ah, because rapture is coming now. We don't know. Some Christians like this, they will go to FIL. There are only five people in Lagos that are going to go to heaven. Because people are not working on their salvation with fear and trembling. Hey, listen, let me tell you something. There's something that they, they missed. And I'm sorry that they missed that. And I hope that we don't miss it too. It says, Apostle Paul was speaking to the Philippian church. He said, Wherefore, my beloved, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 and 13, said, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. He says, Walk out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God which works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Which means that, yes, we should work right our salvation out with fear and trembling. Now, this is what it means. Your salvation has been worked for, which means you have been taken out of Egypt. Now you must work it out, which means you must take Egypt out of you. That is your responsibility. But what Apostle Paul is trying to say here is trying to say that even in you working it out, God is assisting you. He just needs you to be willing. He will do the bulk of the work for you. Hallelujah. G- um, uh, Apostle Paul says, I said, For I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but it is Christ which lives in me. And the life that I live in the flesh, I live what? By what? The faith, the assistance of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Hallelujah. This is just simply to say that you are not alone. I know you may be struggling, but you are not alone. I know you might be having addictions, but you are not alone. I know you might have been molested or raped and then you became a sex addict, but you are not alone. I know you might be listening to this and you might think that you are an homosexual and you were born this way. (laughs) Let me say something very, very radical. You know, some people are born blind. Some people are born with one finger. Some people are born with a hole in the heart. Which, this is just to say that some people are born deformed in their bodies. And it's because 
you know, maybe their mothers were smoking or drinking or taking um, some medication that pregnant women were not supposed to take. And so because of that, there was a mutation. And then, yes, those things sometimes, many times are caused by drugs. Some of them are caused by pesticides. Some of them are caused by radiation, poisoning, and so on and so on. There's a, there's a myriad list of that. But do you know that if sin reigns in the world, people can be born with a deformed soul as well? Because the, the Bible tells us clearly that we were born into sin. Which means that the environment by which, where which we were born into, right, could affect the way we think right from when we were small. What I'm trying to say is that I believe people are born gay. I know that is very radical. Very crazy radical. Some people say, ah, I am born gay. I'm just born this way. I, I believe them. I believe them. And I'll, I'll tell you why. The Bible says... <laughs> Because Apostle Paul told Timothy that he inherited the faith from his grandmother. So if you can inherit faith, you can inherit sin. If you can inherit sin, you can inherit deformity, the deformity of your environment. I'll tell you where that environment comes from. The Bible says in the book of Romans, sorry, we have to quote scripture and balance scripture with scripture. Um, Sorry, I know you might not have heard me pray in tongue when I'm teaching, but... As the odds. Um, Romans chapter 1 and verse 21. It says, Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were they thankful, but became vain in their emotion, and, f- and their foolish heart became darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and they changed their gl- the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like a corruptible man and to birds, and to four-footed beasts, and so on and so forth. Then the Bible says in, in, in Romans 20, um, chapter 1, verse 24, it says, Wherefore God gave them up to the uncleanness, up to uncleanness, through the lust of their own heart, to dishonor their own bodies within them, and they, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshipped and served the creature much more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Verse 26, For this cause, God gave them up to vile affections, for even their women did change their natural use into that which is against the nature. Likewise, also the men, living the natural use of the woman, burned in their loss one to another. Hallelujah. Men with men, walking that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was made. Praise the Lord. Let me add verse 22. It says, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do things which are not convenient. So when you have a mother who is a lesbian or a father who is gay, right? And he's nurturing that. Oh, there's nothing wrong with being gay. Oh, uh, it's freedom of speech. I do. I, I, freedom of living. I can live the way I want. And it enters very deeply within their soul that by the time they go for artificial insemination, that is to release their sperm, put it in, in an incubator for, for an ovum to fertilize it so that they can have a child. And the child begins to display traces of homosexuality. Do not be surprised. It was inherited. <laughs> what we call generational curses in Africa, that, ah, once you my village people are following me. That's, the same, that's what's happening. Homosexuality is village people in the, from the West. It can be inherited. I see, I believe people were born gay. But this is the good news. <laughs> Hallelujah. They can be delivered. They can be set free. They can be saved. Because you are a submission of your environment. Man has the ability to influence his environment, which has the amb- ability to influence him right back. So a man can be born into homosexuality. A woman can be born gay. Hallelujah. 
Praise God. But the Bible says that from the beginning it was not so. So if you see somebody, this is just a digression, if you see somebody who is gay, your job is not to judge them, your job is to love them. Your job is to safely love them. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, I needed to add that. Your job is to safely love them and just tell them how God loves them. They know they are gay, so you don't have to point it out to them. They don't care if it's a sin because that's all they've known all their lives. So you're telling them to leave what they've known and taking pleasure and safety in without telling them that there is a much better way and without having to condemn them. And that is the problem that many Christians are doing. We are condemning people. When the Bible has clearly told you that there is therefore now no condemnation. So the, what you don't bring is condemnation. What you bring is love. And you allow the Holy Spirit to do the conviction. Hallelujah. Now let's not go back to our message on grace. The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 5, verse 20. It says, Moreover, the law entered that offense might abound. But where sin abounded, where sin abounded grace did much more abound. Verse 21. That has that as sin had reigned in unto death even so might grace reign unto righteousness unto eternal life by jesus christ i was trying to say here that apostle paul was trying to say here that um the reason the law was revealed if you read romans 5 the reason the law was revealed was to show people their sin was to show people their fault now but what god did on the cross was that where sin reigned there was an insurance policy. See, no matter how, if you pay your insurance, no matter how much you damage your car, the insurance policy will cover for it. But let me tell you, you can damage your car beyond a certain repair that the insurance policy won't be able to cover for it because you violated the terms. And that's what Apostle Paul introduced in the first verse of Romans 6. That's when he said, shall we continue in sin? What then shall we say? Shall we continue that grace should about? God forbid. God forbid. So grace is not a license to sin. It's an insurance policy. But that insurance policy can still be broken. But the truth of the matter is we do not know how much grace each of us has. But one thing, one thing I want you to know is that you should always retain in your consciousness that God is with you. And God is with you. That is grace. When you are absolutely dependent on God. I want to share a personal testimony with you. I hope my mommy does not yet. <laughs> but if she does, well, she, she knew about it anyways. I used to be addicted to pornography. I used to be addicted to pornography. And of course, you know what comes with pornography. And I saw hundreds of videos. And there was a time, I, my, you know what it is for an African parent to catch you watching porn? My mom caught me watching porn on her phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was that bad. Thank God for the love of my mom. Mom, if you are listening to this, I love you with the whole of my heart. Oh. You know, I mean, you don't try for me, go. Yeah, me, go. You budget. Ah, sorry, she doesn't like me saying that. Sorry. Uh, uh, okay, sorry, go on. I'm going on. And every time I saw porn, it was always very el- elating. It was very, you know how it, okay, you might not know how it is, but for those who have seen porn, it was very, you know, arousing. But I noticed that every time I saw porn, I felt drained. I felt it was easy to lose focus and so on and so forth. I got sick easily and also I was tired. I, I wanted to stop watching porn, but I couldn't stop because every time I said, no, I won't do it. Eh, I woke up my salvation of fear and trembling. Uh, I forgot that God was the one that was going to help me work it out. But I was just, no, uh, I, I could even pray in tongues. So I'll pray in tongues. I'll pray in tongues. Tongue, tongue. For like two weeks, sometimes one month, two months, ah, no porn. One day, the thing with conjure just be dreaming like this. 
before you know it i'll just start seeing porn again and guess what you know when if you see one porn just like if you smoke one stick of cigarette you will smoke a second until you smoke the whole pack that's how pornography is it keeps luring you till you cannot come out and one day i, I turned to god for help and i asked the lord 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 what do i do and then i, I then i already started listening to a man of god who taught me um he 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 had a cigarette problem when he became a christian so he he started doing something and i'll tell you what he did and the Holy Spirit said remember you remember that message listen i said yes i said okay do exactly what he did so every time i am watching porn i'll be praying in tongues and i'll be saying thank you lord because i'm free thank you lord because i'm free <laughs> it was the dumbest thing i'd ever done in my life <laughs> that is god working in you and i will watch the porn no it wasn't working then i had to shut up because i like ah, i can't be bringing god into porn <laughs> right but then i realized that the more I, i i prayed it the more i still saw the porn but i wasn't getting aroused as i used to get anymore and i kept going on it kept going on up until a point that i was seeing porn and i just saw two people messing around on tv and i was no longer aroused and then i realized grace had, had held me up but let me tell you something every time i stopped fellowshiping with god every time i stopped communing with him sin became more attractive pornography still became more attractive yes because you can actually because some some of you who have been the Holy Spirit wants me to tell somebody here who has been um free from porn or 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 addictions for a while and you find yourself relapsing back into it uh it's not because God left you it was because you stopped fellowshiping with him what happens is when what it means to fall from grace is this is that when you stop fellowshiping with God as you used to sin becomes attractive your flesh kicks in the spirit of God you know moves back Do you see that? Right? And that is why fellowship is important with the Holy Spirit. And that's why the Bible says in um, Psalm 91 it says he that dwells in the secret place of the most shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. Many times when we read that scripture we think ah ah no weapon of fashion against me prosper. And let me tell you what that thing is is trying to say, it's an all inclusive scripture which means that if you are in the presence of the most high sin will not get into you. It will be difficult to sin. See there were times that I, I wanted to watch porn that ah, let me even watch this thing. I tried it no sweets my body like i wasn't i wasn't aroused do you see that jesus was so much helped by grace that the bible said jesus said, said the devil could find nothing in me see i am telling you it is possible to live a life free of sin but it is not by your power it is not by your might it is by the spirit of god that spirit there is the spirit of grace Are you seeing that? You cannot live this world alone by yourself. You cannot live in this world alone by yourself. How can you do the Lord's job in the devil's playground? You can't because Jesus clearly said that Je- stated that the, the devil is the god of this world. So to do the Lord's job in the devil's playground, you need grace. Because we have heard of men of God who went into village, into places to preach to prostitutes and they, they themselves were converted by the prostitutes. Not that they were not anointed. Not that they, they were not saved by the same grace. but they were dependent more on their strength some trust in chariots ch- chariots some trust in horses praise god but we would trust in the name of the of the lord our god that's um, psalms 20 verse 6 and 
And let me tell you what grace does to you. Grace does not just protect you. It doesn't. Grace also teaches you. The Bible says in Titus chapter 2, it says, verse 11, it says, for, Christ, Titus 2 verse 11, Titus chapter 2 verse 11, it says, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation, that same grace that we're saved through, right, has appeared unto all men, even the homosexuals, even the murderers, the grace of God has appeared to them. And much more to we Christians, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, should we live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a good a, a peculiar people, zealous of good works. What I'm trying to say to you tonight is. You might be struggling with addictions. Do not give up because God still has faith in you. God still has faith in you. God's power is still potent in you. All I need you to do is stop trying in your strength and allow God try with you. Allow God hold your hands. Allow God break that yoke. See, I can pray for you and it can be broken, but I need to teach you how to keep your deliverance. Because I can pray with you and that. See, see, Andrew Woma gave a very strong statistic. Ah, I'm not going to say it so that I don't discredit somebody. But he's not discrediting Andrew Woma. He's an amazing man of God. <laughs> he gave an amazing statistic, but I won't say. Some of the people who were healed during the healing revival, a year or two later, they went back to being sick. You know why? It was the anointing that just healed them. They were not taught how to live by faith. The Bible says the just shall live by his faith which then means that no matter how much i pray for you today you can get healed you can stand up and walk but i dare you that the devil will come back and begin to fill your mind with evil thoughts are you sure you were really healed are you sure god is on the throne and before you know it you succumb into those thoughts before you know it you are back to that same illness so the lord needs you to be able to build your faith yourself and that's why i'm teaching you this process remember god is able to keep you from falling but even when you fall He's able to pick you back up. God showed me a picture one day. I was struggling with something else. And the Lord, I was taking a walk on the tarred roads of quarters, of the senior staff quarters in Obafemi Law University, Leife, Ocean State, Nigeria, West Africa, Africa, the world. I'm sorry for that theatric, but I just thought it was necessary. And I was just talking to the Lord, why, why, are we, why are we struggling with sin? And he said, the reason you're struggling with sin is because that is what your focus is on. Because whatever you behold, you will believe. Whatever you believe, you will become. So if you behold me constantly, it will be easy for you to believe me. If you believe me constantly, it will be easy for you to become me. Hallelujah. And then he showed me a picture. I had an open vision of a man and his child. And they were walking. The child was like a year or two. To a ch- the child was just learning to walk. And he was walking with the child right in front of me. And the child fell. And the father looked at the child and smiled. And stretched his hand. Waiting for the child to stretch his hand back to, to the father. And when the child stretched his hand back to the father, the father held the child. And they kept on walking as though the child never fell. What I'm trying to say to you is that God does not have a problem with you. God has a problem with the way you are thinking about Him. 
God is not mean. God is not cruel. God wants to help you. He really wants to help you. I am a living witness. I mean, I have other people who have testified about how they are broken free from addictions. God wants to help you. But the degree to which God has a hold on you is the degree to which you must have a hold on Him. So how much you have a hold on God is the degree to which you will have a hold on you. Which means that God will only work in your life to the degree which you give Him permission to. And all you have to do is just lift your hands and just reach out for Him. All you have to do is reach out for Him. All you have to do is, Father, here I am again. I do not know if I'm going to fall, but if I fall, I'll stand up and try again. The Bible says, though the righteous man, it didn't say though any man, it said the righteous man may fall seven times, yet he will stand again. You know why? Because he is confident of the grace of God on his inside. That does not now mean that the righteous man went intentionally to go and sin. Because if you really fear the Lord, because last episode we talked about the fear of the Lord, if you really fear the Lord and have deep respect for him, you will not intentionally go and hurt him. But should in case you just did it by mistake, his, his arms are open wide to receive you again. His arm is stretched out to you, telling you, come on my boy, come on my girl, I'm going to help you out. If you are here struggling with your sexuality and you are bisexual or you are gay or you think you are gay or you think you are bisexual or you are queer or you, I mean there are all sorts of names right there now. God is telling you, just open your eyes and let me love you and let me love the remaining hell out of you and you will see and you will truly see. Allow me love the hell out of you. All you have to do is say yes Lord. God is where you are right now. God is in that room, is in that space where you are. It doesn't matter if right now you're on top of a woman or a woman is on top of you or is even guy on guy or girl on girl. Whether you just made out with a woman and you are a woman. I know this is a very deep message. God is standing right there with you. He's telling you, I love you. I love you still. Regardless of all you've done, I love you still. 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 And my love is so powerful. My love is so powerful. The sin in you cannot comprehend it. Because the Bible says the light shines in darkness and the, light, the darkness cannot comprehend it. My love is so powerful that the sin in you, the disobedience in you, your, the deformed state of your heart cannot comprehend it and it will just have to give way to the strength that my love will provide on your inside. You can overcome this addiction. You can overcome these fetishes. You can overcome these tendencies. You can overcome these habits. Just let me help you. Just let me love you. Just let me give you my all. Just let me love upon you. Just let me love the hell out of you. Just let me. Just let me. Just let me. You have tried in your strength. You have tried in your power. You have tried in everything. Let me teach you. Let me love you. Let me love you. Let me love you. Father, I pray for these precious people who are surrendering their hearts to you again. I ask that your love invade their hearts as they open their hearts unto you. In Jesus' name, amen.